0: In a world where truth is suppressed, information is censored, and alternative ideas are silenced, one group refuses to be muzzled. Despite shadow bans on social media, low downloads, and crickets on Patreon, one group refuses to be a mainstream media puppet. Today, we honor the heroes of the cannabis airwaves. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for the podcasters.
1: All right, everyone, thanks for joining us and welcome back. We have another great show in store for you today. Louis Goldberg is here to talk about his show. The Green Rush. Louis, welcome to the show. Thank you so
0: much. It's always a pleasure to get to talk
1: about something I
0: love and The Green Rush, which I've done now for three years with Ann Donahoe and Nick Opich and Shea Gunther is truly something I I love a lot.
1: I got to ask you this because you're the principal at KCSA, which is one of the largest strategic communication companies in the industry. Four years ago, you must have been so busy. What prompted you to take on more work to start the podcast? So Anne and I were in Los Angeles
0: visiting a financial services company and just kind of kicking around ideas on what we were doing generally and and what was going on with our cannabis practice. And she said, hey, I got approached by a production company for us to do a podcast. What do you think? And I said, I think it's a great idea (laughs) and I want you to run it. And she said, no way. I will not do this. You have to do it. And I also said, I'm not going to do this alone. Let's do it together. And we did. I approached my two business partners, Jeffrey Goldberger and Todd Fromer, and they thought that this was a great idea as well from a marketing perspective for us as an agency and providing access for to our clients to a media platform, our media platform to tell their story. And it has been... Truly an amazing experience for each of us. Nick started off as a producer and has now become one of the Mm co-hosts to create something that has been impactful in the industry, but also to our own individual professional development. And at some point, you'll get a chance to talk to Nick or to Anne, and especially Anne, and how it has helped her take her creativity and give it a a venue to grow and, and be expressed. And it's been awesome.
1: Well, and you've also given a lot of people in the industry platform to to talk about what they're doing and to spread their thoughts or their ideas. You've had such a wide range of guests, which I am envious that some of the great people that you've had an opportunity to sit down with. One of my favorite stories is your Mike Tyson story. You've done a couple interviews with the world champ. How did that happen?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's really funny. When we started the Green Rush, I wrote a list of people who I wanted to talk to. And Mike was definitely uh, among the top two or three. Him, Actually, the top three were Mike Tyson, Kevin Smith, And Cheech Marin. And we've interviewed Mike Tyson and Kevin Smith, and Cheech hasn't yet come on. He will. He will. I'm going to get him. Yeah. But at one point when I was active on social media, I just kind of put it out there Hey, does anybody know how to get to Mike Tyson? He's got Tyson Ranch. I want to interview him for the podcast. Mm -hmm. And turns out my sister is friends with Mike's communications person, his publicist. And I reached out to Jackie, and she said, Yeah. I can make that happen. Next time you're in LA, come out and we'll set you up on an interview. So I went to Tyson Ranch's offices and they're really cool and interesting. And I sat down in the studio where Mike records hot boxing and I had brought my equipment with me. I brought my my mics, my, my recorder, all that. His sound guy goes, I got it. Don't worry about it. I'm like, great. So Mike and I are there. We have an hour conversation. Hour into it, his guy comes and goes, I didn't get it. Oh. What do you mean you didn't get it? We just talked for an hour. You want me to do it again? He goes, yeah, do it again. Mike, you'll do it again? i just do anything. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so we have basically the same conversation again. And guys, got it for you. No worries. I'm going to email you the files. No problem. And uh, he didn't get it. Oh. He, he got no sound. It was just like the way I describe it is imagine painting A masterpiece in watercolors and a little kid comes up with a bucket and throws up the water against your masterpiece. It was the most interesting, fun, engaging, revealing conversation I had ever had in the industry and nobody got to hear it. I mean, I did and and I cherish it. So I went home and then was able to come back out a couple of months later and sat down with Mike again. This time I recorded it, and still there were audio problems. The sound isn't the way I would like it to be, but at least you can hear the majority of the conversation.
1: Yeah, we have a clip from that, actually. Maybe you can set the clip up before we play it. Sure. So
0: Mike Tyson is the baddest mf on the planet, (laughs) right? And nobody thinks of him as this brand ambassador and teddy bear. And my experience with him was... This is a kind gentle spiritual open soul and this little bite talks about what he's had to deal with about his past perception versus who he is today. Okay. Today, but how do you th- making your brand bigger and then changing its perception to who the person you are today versus who you were in 1989? During the time I was fighting a person with um with the movie uh a commercial or anything wouldn't touch me with a ten foot pole. But Fifth Avenue, they call them. They wouldn't touch me. My reputation was horrible. So now things have happening. Most of those people were grown, were adults when I was a kid nineteen twenties, nineteen When they were in their
1: fifties, they're all gone. Now
0: they're gone. And now
1: the people that really look at me now, they don't look at me as Mike Tyson, the baddest man on the planet. They look at me, as the guy that the hangover. That is, man, what a great you know, opportunity.
0: And I'll tell you, when I went there, I was nervous about meeting him because it's Mike Tyson, right? Yeah. I know. And I I am physically a small person. I am a towering five foot seven, (laughs) and I I am a soft 165 pounds. And Mike's not huge. He's five nine, maybe five ten, but he's still Mike Tyson. And he was kind and gentle and soulful. And it was truly a gift. To get a chance to spend literally three or four hours with him talking about things that he cared about cannabis, his family, his reputation, psychedelics. I mean, these are things that he's passionate about. And I am lucky to have had the time that I had talking with him.
1: Well, and we're lucky too because you have a really unique style of interviewing where you're able to get the person comfortable enough to talk beyond the sound bites. And that was really apparent in the one interview that we actually listened to, where you were able to to get him to talk about more like th- that particular piece. I don't know that I've heard that before. And I think that came from your interview style and the fact that he, he did three interviews with him and he was pretty comfortable with you. I think that, that means a lot.
0: Thank you. I, that's a kind compliment. The whole idea behind the Green Rush was to give it enough length not to make it a 10 second or 20 minute or short interview. Yeah, It was to allow the person to relax into a conversation to reveal things that go beyond the soundbite. And it's my job to train people to speak to a soundbite, right? I do public relations for a living. But that's like, not, doesn't make it for an interesting interview. It makes yeah. for, I've delivered a key message. I know I've done my job, but okay, so what? I like the longer interview right i like somebody who's going to spend an hour and a half two hours sometimes three hours like listen to tim ferriss the way he interviews people it's just like you're having a conversation it's a, a way to reveal yeah and when somebody is transparent and vulnerable and honest that's what i want that's cuz that's what i want to listen to yeah
1: well you're a good listener that's i mean that's the key to that last phrase you're a good listener so you take what? the conversation <laughs> well, you tend to take the conversation where the guest wants it to go, but you're able to get it to a point where it's still interesting for the listener. So beyond the sound bites, I Want to switch gears here for a sec, because you talked to me about a format change that you're about to make for the podcast. And I definitely want to give you an opportunity to talk about that. Maybe share with our listeners where you'd like to take this project.
0: You're also a good listener. And I appreciate that. And it's, it's always a, like, I enjoy talking with you um, because it's not, again, formulaic. It's like, let's have a conversation about something that's interesting to the both of us. When we started the Green Rush, there were very few podcasts out there that were interviews with players in the cannabis space, maybe three or four. And they were really good, but there were really only three or four. And our entrance into it with a focus specifically on the financial components of the cannabis industry was unique. Yeah. It's no longer unique. Right, there are lots of companies out there that are interviewing people, and we're going to continue to interview guests. But we are also going to start to do things like seasons where we tell a narrative story over the course of eight episodes. Oh, yeah, what happens? How did we get to where we are? Like a, a multi part story that is much more pure journalism or documentary journalism than what we've been doing, and it's still going to be revolving around talking to the people who have made or are making the key decisions that are driving the cannabis, psychedelics, and and even maybe energy or the food system forward. But it's just not going to be a one-on-one interview. It's going to be stitched together. So if you think about listening to Planet Money or you listen to um, other NPR shows, that's what we're aspiring to be because we want to be storytellers.
1: I love it. I really do, because you can still do the interviews. It's just that the interview doesn't turn into a sales pitch. It's like, this interview is going to be about this topic. You fit into this topic here. I'd love to continue the conversations, but have your input from there. I, I think you're on to something. I really do. When do you plan to open the first season?
0: Probably sometime in the new year. Oh, we're, nice. we're in the writing now. We'll probably start interviews end of October, November, and all of November, December, we'll be editing and and stitching them together. We're not rushing. We want to create something just different. Like it's great to sit and talk to the CEO of an MSO about what's going on. And and like I said, we're still going to do that. But there's so much more happening that you can't get from one interview. And there are so many people who don't know the global perspective of what's happening. Where'd the money come from? How did it get there? What is the the regulatory structure? Because we've been involved in this, we can report on it from our own perspective. And we're going to talk to all the people who were there in 1995, 96 in in California, the first illegal dispensaries. We were going to talk to the regulators in Washington State and Oregon and Colorado, the first states that went adult use. Like, how did this happen? (laughs) Right, yeah. I'm 51. And I remember that when I was young, my exposure to consuming cannabis was going into Washington square park in New York city and buying a dime bag. Today we can walk into a beautiful retail dispensary. Like how the hell did that happen?
1: (laughs) I know it. I know it. I know it. That's going to be great. One thing that comes out when I listen to you, uh, that's why I so enjoy talking to you is because you enjoy the creativity. You talked about putting together a watercolor painting and I can just see the wheels spinning where you don't know where this is going, but you like the process. And, and I say that to aspiring podcasters all the time is that you got to make this fun. It's got to be enjoyable, but make it unique. Make it yours. And and that's what you're doing. And that's what you've done so well with the Green Rush. And I, I can't Thank wait you. for Green Rush 2.0 because this is going to be even more fun. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. We are out of time, Lewis. I'm sorry, but I want to ask all of our listeners to check out a new episode of the Green Rush every Thursday on all podcast sites, including PodConnects, and really look forward to the first of the year, the new format. Hopefully, thanks.
0: hopefully first of the
1: year. <laughs> I, I'm going to hold you through it. I'm going to hold you to it. Lewis, <laughs> thanks for being on the show today. Thank you so much, Dan. Thanks for listening to today's show.